Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is episode 41 of Robots on Typewriters. Well, is that a prime number? That's a prime number. It's got to be, right? Must what the hell be. Could go into 41? 17, 34, hell yeah, 41. It's not divisible <laughs> by 17. Nice. For, for those of you out there wondering if you tuned in this week to see if 41 was divisible by 17, we got that out of the way early. Yes, you and can stop listening now. We can get Have back to, yeah, we can get to the, just the paperwork side of the show by actually yeah. doing the show. Yeah. Uh, what is Robots on Typewriters? I'm glad I asked. <laughs> Robots on Typewriters is a show all about creative computers. Now, I kind of hesitated on it and that'll be about that I'll, we'll get into that with my hat but anyway yeah this show is all about computers that help people make creative things or computers that make creative things on their own we like to show off some of those computers all around the internet in our first segment the zesty hat and then we like to make something creative in our second segment the trashy yeah. toy yeah um yeah and so we have we have two segments on the show, and the first one is our zesty hat. Oh, you just said all that, but do you want to take it? Take the yeah, zesty hat. I mean, Here it is. Yeah, I got a I got a hat for you. I got yeah. a hat right here. <laughs> um, no, I have the return of what I think is going to be a semi permanent fixture on this show. Yeah, Justin's Twitter bot corner. So Justin's Twitter bot corner is a little different than Allison's in that this is yes. a Twitter bot I made for a class that I'm in. Yeah, they have classes about this kind of shit. <laughs> they have maybe uh, one class one. about this shit. You better start believing in classes about this, because I'm in one. That's a that's a really in the weeds uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 reference. Oh my god, what You better start fuck? believing in ghost stories, kid, because you're in one. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't know why that popped into my head. <laughs> Let's talk about this bot. So I have a bot called... Comp 47410, Comp 47410. I'll probably yeah. give it a, a better name at some point. Uh, yeah. But that's just like the name of the, that's like the code for the class that I'm in. Does it have to be named that for the class? No, or no, just... I'm just, a, oh. I, ironically, I'm not very creative. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so each, every week or two, I have a different assignment for this bot. And then after this class is over, I'm going to just keep on doing creative stuff with this bot, I think. Uh, just kind of mini projects that change week to week. And this week, the project was tarot reading. So yeah. the gimmick of the tarot reading was uh, the idea was that sometimes when you're making bots or just other stuff on the internet or in a programming context, you have a bunch of data, but it's not exactly in the format that you wish that data was in. So for this purpose, we got a big old website full of dream symbols and like interpretations of dreams based on like symbols from the dreams. Mm. And we were instructed to transform those dream symbols and interpretations into a bot that reads tarot cards. And the cards are just made up cards that you know, are those symbols. So yeah, I made that. And now whenever you tweet at the bot, it will draw a random tarot card for you and give you a reading. And lucky for me, Allison had two interactions with this bot yesterday. I actually just tweeted at him just now. He hasn't gotten back to me, but he I'm waiting. takes a few minutes. <laughs> so let's see yesterday's conversation. I actually didn't see these. First, <laughs> he said, uh, first, you said, what's up for me today? He said, after drawing the fool on three straight cuts, you finally draw the red carpet card. This represents your desire to be admired and looked up to. So after that card, you said, I mean, to which the bot again <laughs> responded because it always responds. It said, you drew the law card. This referring to the law suggests that you need to show more restraint in certain areas of your life. Yeah, I mean, probably. And just now you tweeted, hey, man, and it said, you drew the tan card. This suggests that you are not properly acknowledging a quality or aspect of that person within your own self. What person? The tan person in myself? <laughs> yeah, you're not acknowledging a quality of the tan person within you. 
I mean, it's it's the winter. <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? I think my favorite card that this uh, this tarot reader has given out so far, um, it said, you drew the judgment card. So one of my colleagues, Odile, tweeted at it, and it said, you drew the judgment card. As you pulled it out, a card landed face down on the ground. The Pokemon card. <laughs> This points to your individualism and qualities that sets you apart from others. Just reaffirming that it's cool to like Pokemon and you don't need to be ashamed. <laughs> yeah, I manually changed the, the code in there just so Pokemon was a cool thing instead of... No, I did, not, I did not edit any of the interpretations, so some of them might be nonsensical, but that's the data I had. I also really liked the one that I got the like the first day it was up. Um, the one where I I just said, "Read me some cards," and it said, "You drew death followed by the fat card. This signifies prosperity." <laughs> I was like, wow, bitch. Yeah, Thanks. I liked that right away. It was mean to you and Chief, and nice to me. I made the. <laughs> checks out i made this joke to you but it reminded me so much of the thing from harry potter where it's like you're gonna suffer but you're gonna be happy about it like you're gonna die but you're gonna be prosperous about it you're gonna die and be fat <laughs> but in a good way you're gonna die but you're gonna take all your material wealth with you into the next world you can take it with you scientists <laughs> have confirmed yeah so that's a. Um. Uh, that's Justin's Twitter bot corner for this week. Yeah, That's Cobb47410. I'm loving this guy. I, I, I'm like kind of checking in with him every day to see what he's got for me. I like yeah, him a lot. Keep, keep an eye on this bot. I'll, I mean, I think my next assignment has nothing to do with, uh, with replies. So until I okay. have to make him reply something, I'll, I'll let him always read tarot if you tweet at him. Oh, hell yeah. So also I was going to say that if you do go tweet at this bot, which you should because it's a lot of fun, um, th it's not like tweeting anything on a regular basis right now. It's like strictly replies. So in order to get a tarot reading, you gotta go say something to him yeah like him a lot my hat this week is a bit of a different kind of zesty hat so this sprung out of a conversation a few days ago in which allison showed me rothko bot mm. and rothko bot uh it, it's kind of a play on that one really famous rothko painting where it's like three rectangles of different colors um I mean, the, Rothko made a lot of paintings. Like, that was like Rothko's whole shit. He didn't just do one. Well, I mean, he did a lot of like variation. Like there, there's the one with like the three rectangles, but then there's like other. It, it's all geometric and like simplistic. Right. But yeah, yeah. I, it's a, it's doing one variety of Rothko. We're talking about is Rothko bot creative? And Allison posed the question: If Rothko bot is creative. Like, doesn't your interpretation of Rothkobot's creativity depend entirely on your interpretation of Rothko's creativity? And I said, uh, no. I said, <laughs> in terms of, like, what we've been talking about in the class I'm in, so, like, Duchamp or Rothko or, like, weird artists mm -hmm. were creative because they put something into the world that was different than, like, the problem space, to put it in, like, right. computer science-y kind of terms. It was different than, like the existing field, whereas Rothko bot takes something that is the same as the field and iterates on it. So some of its paintings may, true, true, you know, true. painting, some of its images may individually be interesting and might even individually be creative. I'm not sure what it's going to come up with, uh, but the, the premise of it on the whole isn't necessarily creative. And w mm. we've talked about that in class and said, uh, something like that where there's a single concept that like kind of works and then you just iterate on that can kind of just be thought of as like pastiche. Um, mm -hmm. Not unlike, I mean, I think that term's thrown around kind of pretty negatively towards like uh, <laughs> pop artists or like, uh, I, I always think of it as like boardwalk artists, like okay, the kinds yeah, of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the paintings you buy for like 10 bucks where it's like, uh, yep, that is the place. That is this place. Yep, yeah. that's that's the sea. Yeah. <laughs> but we've we've talked a lot in that class about like what does it mean to be creative at all? And I mean, of course, it's one of those things where it's like, who knows, man? Like it's yeah. so subjective. <laughs> but one one kind of useful kind of guiding principle that people in computational creativity latch onto 
And I think people across computer science have kind of embraced. Um, there's a paper from the 60s by Newell, Shaw, and Simon. And if you're familiar with human-computer interaction, if you are me, you'll be <laughs> like, what? Newell and Simon wrote about creativity? So they, those guys basically invented human-computer interaction. And they were like, uh, they kind of tried to blend like cognitive psychology with computer science. But then they did a paper in the 60s talking about what is creative when it term when it comes to something that's generated. And they had four kind of principles of creativity. And they said none of these on its own make something creative. And like none of them is sufficient to be creative and none of them are necessary. So something can be creative mm -hmm. without being any of these or have a bunch of these and not be creative. But these are kind of a good set of guidelines to judge if okay. something's creative. So they said something is creative if it is novel and useful. So novel in the sense of like what I was talking about with the Rothko stuff, where it's like something new Never to the problem before. space yeah. and useful, not just like, you know, a door is useful. Like that's sure, like it's practically useful. But in, in terms of like art, like a, a visual piece of art is useful if it like Maybe if it's pretty or if it generates a reaction, mm -hmm. like useful in terms of whatever field it's in. Right. Um, they said a thing is creative if it demands rejection of previously accepted ideas. And I think mm -hmm. that's again where like Rothko and Duchamp kind of come in where it's For like, sure, yeah. whoa, this is art. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You're, you're you. The listening audience is smart. You get what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Uh, a thing is creative if it results from intense motivation and persistence. And that's where, mm. like, that one can kind of show you areas where maybe right now humans can make something that's creative that if a bot did it, it's not that creative. Right. Like, I don't know, if if someone arranged, you know, 10,000 toothpicks in a interesting way. It would probably be more interesting and more creative if like a human did that over the course of like <laughs> 20 years rather than if mm. like mechanical arms did it in like three minutes. Right, right. Um, and then finally, it comes from clarifying an originally vague problem. So that one's kind of weird mm. to me. I kind of interpret that as like, uh, you know, one of them like brain teaser outside the box kind of like oh i didn't yeah. even think of that D did you say is this the kind of like i mean i'm assuming that this is but it, it's like this is like creativity is like some of these things but not necessarily all yeah so any okay. yeah anything can be creative without possessing one or more or right, any of okay. those but it's kind of just a good set of guidelines to judge if something's creative right 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 okay um but yeah that that kind of got me thinking about some of the Twitter bots we see and use and like mm -hmm. thinking about whether they're creative or whether things they make are creative and like who is creative in them. Mm -hmm. So a couple examples I was thinking about. So like, first of all, we we talk about uh, we talk about botnik stuff and AI weirdness stuff all the time. But like, importantly, there's a human very much involved in Yes. Selecting those things. So in Botnik, it's selecting the words that actually go in. So the humans right there in the generation process uh, for AI weirdness or for when we do fun things with RNNs, um, the humans kind of involved in the selecting process. So the mm -hmm. network spits out just a ton yeah, of stuff, yeah. but the human picks the good stuff. So I think Twitter bots are kind of a, a better area to judge. Like, is this a creative computer? Right. Yeah. Um. And I was thinking, like, just picking any random bot out there. Oh, how about Bottermore, our <laughs> Harry Potter bot? Mm. I think occasionally we've both found that it'll tweet something that's, like, just the right, like, weird combination that we weren't expecting, that it mm -hmm. surprises and kind of delights us. Yeah. And I would say in those moments when the bot does that, the the specific tweet that it made when it's, like, funny and like interesting on its own i would say those tweets are creative but i would say on okay. the whole the bot's not that creative because it's just like throwing shit at the wall right uh on the other hand i was thinking about what bots that we've kind of featured here that are creative on the whole 
And one that okay. really came to mind for me was, well, a few actually are kind of the bot games made yeah. by Joe Sondow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like it it transforms the the way that like a Twitter poll works, the way that like mm-hmm. visual stuff on Twitter works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, I think the whole yeah, idea absolutely. of those bots, like the, the totality of their work is creative, but then any individual tweet by them, like the, the Tetris piece being in a slightly different position is mm. definitely not creative. It's like, you know, that's one pixel or one, right, you know, yeah. emo- emoji different than the last one. Yeah, so my my premise here creativity's weird and complicated <laughs> yeah but yeah no i mean like that is so interesting like it because like basically you're saying like i mean depending on the type of twitter bot it's either like the bot as a concept itself is the creative um element or sometimes you know the bot the idea and its function isn't necessarily like you know totally creative but the fact that it's been set in motion has the possibility of turning out something that's kind of you know novel or interesting or creative yeah and i think for something like bottermore to be completely creative and to be like a creative computer on its own it would need the ability to like pick the best ones and reject the bad ones and understand why they were the best yeah yeah i mean I I don't know about the understand part. I think it could Okay, but if the output was the same, you know, if it put out just the funny stuff and then you looked into the code and you were like, "Man, I don't know how it's doing it. Like nothing in here okay, says yeah. it should, but it always puts out hits." But then like but that is like how would it like how, how would it be doing that? Like it, I, I, I don't is, mean understand, If you want to like... talk about uh, <laughs> philosophy of the mind, I will <laughs> chat your ear off for the next 3 hours. Maybe the next hat. <laughs> yeah, th- this today's hat is John Searle's Chinese room thought experiment. I hope you read the assigned reading. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think uh, the selection process is where a lot of bots just don't have it yet but i think that's kind of clearly like the the place to go that like once that stuff gets sorted out which i mean obviously easier said than done but if that stuff can be done on a reliable basis if selecting the best can be done Mm -hmm. uh, i think we'll have bots putting out content that is consistently creative uh to the same extent that humans can do that that's very that's a very interesting prospect. Yeah, fingers crossed or not if you're like, man, bots are going to take my job. <laughs> bots are going to take my job of sifting through the output of a neural network. <laughs> yeah, that was my Picking Janelle Shane impression. <laughs> that was yeah, not like, my Janelle Shane wow, impression. Yeah, you sounded just like her. <laughs> yeah, well, Yep, that's that's computational creativity. Um, that was really really interesting. I, I think I thank people you for will probably that. have different opinions on what something creative is and what creativity mm. takes or means, and I would love to hear them. But yeah, yeah, and I mean, I didn't really express my own opinion about it. I was kind of just reiterating what we learned in class anyway. Mm. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's kind of the the field, no, I and loved it's, it. it's it very cool that it is like a field that people think about this in like a, a serious way. It's not just us messing around on Twitter. Yeah, so that's that's my zesty hat this week. I will put it back into the microwave so it doesn't get too cold, and you can keep it in there until next week. That's where I keep food that I'm planning on eating next week in the microwave. <laughs> Hey, I mean, it's a storage area. It's that, yeah. Use yeah, every part of your house. You're just being wasteful. It's a storage if you don't area do that. for perishables, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uncovered plate of food. Well, that leads me into the trashy toy for this week, which is uh, as I, uh, for the first time ever, planned for last week and was able to tell you that this was coming up. We're playing the uh, Star Maker game again. That's what I called it before. I don't really like it. So if we come up with a better name for it, then be my guest. Somebody let me know if you have a better name. Um, The last time we did this, what we did is we took um, a bunch of stuff that means tweets song titles and album titles mainly and we kind of run them through uh you know different uh different kinds of machines and then um 
picked some stuff out to create a new version of um, a previously exist or currently existing um, musician. And last time we did Ezra Koenig because we're big Vampire Weekend fans. So I wanted to do this again. And I was trying to think, what's something else that me and Justin both super love and would have a lot of um, a lot of opinions on? And we are big fans of the not-so-much-band-anymore fun um, yeah, the surprisingly short-lived mega hit of the early yeah. 2010s. Fun. <laughs> yeah. This is the second time you've said early 2010s. On, I guess the last, it was also on, it was on TFP that you said it, but like the idea of the early 2010s. <laughs> what? I think that's perfectly reasonable. I mean, yeah, no, it is. It's just like, rather than saying a couple years ago. We are at the, the end early. of a decade and we need to acknowledge it. We like to get into conversations about fun because um, there were two kind of, I don't even know other people who were in the band, but the two kind of most notable members of fun were Nate Roos, the like front man with the the soaring vocals and a song in his heart. <laughs> and a song about his mom uh, in his heart. And a song about his mom. Um, and Jack Antonoff, the kind of like, I don't even know what to say about that guy. He's just the edgy musician who dated Lena Dunham. Um but uh, they both kind of tried to spiral off, spiral. They both kind of tried to um, veer off and have solo careers that uh, one, I would say, is a little more successful than the other. Jack Antonoff is a, well, first of all, he's a, a really a pretty prolific songwriter for a lot of pop artists today. He writes with Taylor Swift and Lord and uh, other other very popular um, pop artist today. And he also is Bleachers. Uh, if you you've probably heard Bleachers songs on like, I don't know, the trailer for Love, Simon and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but uh, It's like a very specific place. Like, you know, when you go looking for music <laughs> and you're just watching the trailer of Love, Simon. Um, but, uh, and, and, and Nate Roost, uh, Nate Roost did a solo album that was, like, quite honestly total trash. And it's, like, honestly, you'd think that I would be really into it, because he has this, it like... It is very show tune Yeah, and we've talked about... I don't know why that guy hasn't tried to be on Broadway yet, but, it's, um... It's just so obvious that that's, like, the destination. Right, um, but we yeah we like to when we listen to fun we we try to decide song what songs are a Nate song or a Jack song. So I thought one way we might kind of solve this problem, this the fun problem, is by just rather than you know we got to get rid of these two people with their creative differences and just combine them into one. Yeah, this is just like the story of every great band, though most people probably wouldn't consider fun a great band the way that we do. <laughs> but it's like Oasis or the Beatles or something yeah, exactly. where if there's two yeah. front men it's just it dissolves but like the magic of having the two big creative forces uh it's really it, it makes something great so yeah. yeah we're just gonna make them into one person so what i've done is i grabbed a um i i kind of made two uh two little text files of a bunch of interview quotes from both Nate and Jack, and then I combined them. I, I, I made a Botnik keyboard using both those text files, and I've written a bunch of quotes um, for this new this new fun man, and you've written a couple as well. And we're just gonna, we're gonna talk through some of these and read them and kind of figure out, get a vibe for this new guy and figure out maybe what parts of Nate and Jack are being combined here to make this new... Uh, ultimate fun man. <laughs> that sounds like it's just like party boy, ultimate fun man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so there's a pair of quotes here, one of yours and one of mine that I okay. think go together really well. Tell me. So you had, this album ends in this great headspace. You get a little bit of organic nuts. You get a little bit of cool guy, Jeff. It's just such a special time. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's followed up with, yeah, I never tried to share things with Jeff or your man Big Hop. They just make people mean. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so Cool Guy Jeff is probably their producer, correct? Yeah, I um, think so. And Big Hop is the rapper that they brought in to do like a couple of like feature tracks. 
Yeah, and so now I'm so I'm realizing. So cool guy Jeff is probably a big old dick, um, and uh, the, so the I guess uh, so. This album that we're gonna I guess be figuring out here. Um, it probably it, yeah it has it does have a little bit of that cool guy Jeff influence. It's kind of like edgy, kind of like probably when I say edgy, I mean like edge lordy. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he's probably yeah it, it's it's got a little bit of a that of that in it, but it also has like an organic nuts vibe. Like it's it's something you know. It sounds like it was written at a Whole Foods probably too. <laughs> That's a really interesting crossover in music where it's. <laughs> Edge lordy, but also uh, liberal hippie ish. Yeah, the edge nice, lords okay. of Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> Is this just a real Jack Antonoff quote? I'm a kid that exclusively listens to successful pop. I don't want to yeah. confuse people on that. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, he. So this guy only listens to successful pop, and that's determined by him. <laughs> I also like, yeah, you know that this is a one from you. You know that quote that the Sopranos had, quote, stop listening to me, identify you. That quote was a literal future for me. <laughs> so what what, is, what does he mean here? Stop listening to me, identify you. Okay, so like, you it's can like, listen to my yeah, music. Quit taking but then, advice of other people like yeah, me. Like, go figure find out yourself. who you are first. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, like, I guess he shot the guy because, you know, it's the yeah. Sopranos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he really took it out of the context of The Sopranos. It didn't. He he. The, that's not what that meant in The Sopranos at all. But he just he heard what he wanted to hear. I do want to point out another one that's just straight up Jack dissing Nate. No one would like a playlist of those guys <laughs> that think you learn everything about music in theaters. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. No. So this guy definitely not a fan of musical theater. All out on that. Uh, yeah, just successful pop music. And I mean, just, yeah. we have to say, even though we're like slagging Jack and saying like he just wants to make successful pop and Nate just wants to make these ballads, like their biggest success for both of them was when they were working together making right. successful radio pop songs. Right. So that's where I feel like we got to we got to find the th this. I feel like this guy's got a lot of Jack in him. So we got to find the Nate. Um Yeah. Where's the Nate in these quotes? Uh, a lot of these quotes are just like a dick. Um, oh, here's one. All right. My dad was unsatisfied and had this other chapter of people that he loved the most. I think that kind of gets worked through in these songs a lot. All right. So, all right. There's the Nate. <laughs> there's the Nate. So the other thing that th this is like, this is real. Nate Roos like can't stop writing songs about his parents. And we don't know why. He just loves We're his parents so much. We're begging him to stop. <laughs> Begging him to stop. This is Please. an intervention. Write about a girl. Write about a boy. I don't care who you love, Nate. Write just about don't... a girl or a boy that isn't your mom or dad. <laughs> your mom or your dad. Please, for the love of God and for the love of somebody else, just step away. Move out of your parents' house. Get, kiss yeah. your dad. Uh, <laughs> square on the lips. That's a Mibbin Bam thing, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> kiss your dad. Tell him that you love him. Um, so I like that in the, so Nate Roos, the real one, probably has, like, the best parents ever because he is obsessed with these people. But this guy, this guy's gotta have some. So he has a, he has a, an, an absent deadbeat dad, um, who had another family who he loved better. Yo, and, wait uh, a second. Do you think what? this is Deacon Calhoun's first kid? <laughs> oh my god, what's his name? Uh, Morp? Or, like, Sporp? <laughs> No, it's like he had a normal name, didn't it? It was like Brent or something like that. I don't remember. Let's find out. His name was like it was. It started with a B. It's like Blint. Blint. It was a normal name, Jeez, like Blint. Blaine. 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 Oh my God! Wait, is this Blaine Calhoun? This might be Blaine Calhoun. Oh my God! And the other yeah. chapter of people was like Morp and like I guess the fans. <laughs> And himself, yeah. Um, oh, but that also didn't Deacon Calhoun had a big he had a weird relationship with his mom too. Yeah, I think yeah, this I I'm seeing some some family resemblances here. Yeah, so we actually we never really said anything about the mom of either of De Deacon Calhoun's kids. We we don't know if they probably didn't have the same mom, I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't think they did. But uh 
Ooh, so here here's another one that kind of complicates the narrative. This is one that I wrote. I'm a human being, so I think that I've made a kid with someone else, I'm sure. So, <laughs> so carrying on the bloodline. Um, and Blaine probably has a... I can't believe... So we... I don't know if we should rely so heavily on the lore of our last episode, If you, but it's really good. Um if you if if you're if you don't know what we're talking about, the last time we did this was on episode I don't know. Yeah, but it was on a previous episode. The episode thirty five. There we go. Yeah. Um. And uh, we made this we made this guy named Deacon Calhoun who was like a weird weird country man who hated his mom and his kids. <laughs> Except his um, newborn Morp Schmorp. Because she hadn't. Yeah. What was her fucking name? I don't know. You have the document. Don't I know. You? I'm looking. <laughs> Smart. Smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, yes. <laughs> um, I always thought of the because I always thought of the um, the era where he was where Deacon Calhoun was like writing songs shitting on his kid Blaine was when Blaine was like fifteen, just because he was like an angsty teenager. Yeah. So I feel like if this is Blaine, this is like another like this is like ten years later. Like Blaine's twenty five, he's matured, he's come to look back on his dad and be like, that dude was he was a bad dad, but he was also just like out of his fucking mind. Yeah, I feel like singing about that kind of stuff, like, you know, dissing your wife and kids would have it's for a different era like that might have been like late 80s early 90s he was doing that so now we're squarely in like the late 2000s early 2010s early 2010s yeah 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 when blaine (laughs) calhoun has come of age but obviously he's gonna need you know a different name he's not gonna want to carry on his father's name for sure i feel like we have a decent idea of who he is now that he's like yeah. Kind of introverted, and then, but like his dad was really experimental with music. But this, you know, Blaine's really by the book, successful pop music, but yeah. also might have learned music in theaters. Right, 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 right. And so, like Deacon Calhoun, he probably he did he he like he kind of did everything on his own. He oh no 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 he had like a uh, he had like a bunch of yeah he had a corporate record out. company like making yeah. everything yeah. And so then Blaine went and met. Uh, cool guy Jeff and that's where things really cool guy Jeff was like listen man we can we can set you apart from your dad um this is you're gonna be I think one of your quotes in here might be a cool guy Jeff quote he said okay you just act like a literal folk song and then you can be the coolest shit in the industry right 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 so yeah the the um you know, we're gonna build that introspective guy brand for you. You're gonna you're gonna be the thinking man's Deacon Calhoun, <laughs> but not at all because you're not like your dad. That was a direct quote too. That's what he <laughs> said to him the first time they met. Yeah, it's um, a little confusing. Yeah, uh, one that doesn't really factor into his personality at all, but I just really wanted to get on the show was I'm literally bad at lighting candles. I can't make a little fun burning shit. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't think that says anything about him. I just liked it. <laughs> it is good. Yeah. So are there any others on here that we feel like we need to, to that might add something? Uh, I'm the kind of man who just felt really alone and just starts getting too familiar with Wilco. <laughs> I really loved that one. I think and that starts to explain lot. it all that he's like, yeah. you know, when his dad was being all mean and all instead of listening to like angsty, hateful music, like that's the yeah. stuff his dad was making. So he right, got into yeah. like wilco and like musical theater as his way of rebelling and like that's how he learned music it's like you hear about people who were like raised in a religious house or something and like only learn music through like you know spiritual music and then later discovered pop music this was kind of like the whole other end like he didn't he learned like the artsier side of music Mm -hmm. and then decided to get into commercial pop yeah 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 (laughs) yeah um yeah, I'm so I'm I'm super excited about Blaine now. Um, yeah, let's see what is we have to figure out what his stage name was. I know. Yeah. So um, knowing that it's a stage name, do we want to just do like actual people names or do we want to try to do something else? Uh, maybe his first name will be a people name and his last okay. name will be like an some kind of something else. Yeah, an object or an or animal, a place. Yeah. Or we can use the random list, ra- <laughs> the random random list one, and then you know that what? Out, yeah, maybe. I think that's that's a good one. Yeah. All right. So, 
Uh, you got a first name generator over there? Yeah, I do. Okay. My fir- The first result I got out of it, I think sounds pretty pretty okay. Okay, what do you got? Augustus. Ooh, Augustus? Augustus. Augustus. <laughs> Not Gustus. Gust- <laughs> it's like, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> Augustus is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just got Deacon. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I can't use that. No, no, no. Soren. Flying. <laughs> Can you imagine a stage name being Soren Flying? <laughs> no, can't imagine it. <laughs> Gage. I think Augustus is the winner here. It's just so good. Yeah, it's it's the proper amount of like, ooh, like interesting, cool, artsy, but also like soft boy. Yeah, so I just got the first uh, random random list generator I got was random months. And the mm. first one I rolled was June. Augustus June is mm, That would have been something. weird if it was like August is August. <laughs> yeah, I also got random sports. Let's see, Augustus soccer. <laughs> no, not great. <laughs> um, random video games. <laughs> Augustus Tekken 3 Augustus Journey Augustus Journey <laughs> And he just does Journey covers <laughs> Uh, Random books Let's see Augustus Pride and Prejudice Augustus Deal with the Devil I don't know about that one Vacation. <laughs> IP addresses <laughs> Augustus <laughs> 92223 Ooh, Random planets Oh, Augustus Romulus. <laughs> Is he an actual, like, Roman senator? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, it's too much for him, I think. Yeah, I think it's given the wrong vibe. What was, have we liked any so far? Augustus uh, Journey is not Augustus bad. Augustus Journey was the best one, yeah. I accidentally skipped by states, but now I have random U.S. presidents. Maybe, maybe. Augustus. <laughs> Augustus Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Augustus like Clinton's not great. Almost like uh, it's like almost a, a good band name. <laughs> and I mean, it would be ABC. It's true. I think the the like band name there with like President and Augustus would be Augustus Delano Roosevelt. Like that's a band name. Ooh, boy, that is good. Uh, ooh, adjectives. Maybe we'll do a couple of <laughs> Augustus Tart. <laughs> Isn't that that kid from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, really good. Augustus Repulsive has a good flow, honestly, but it's not his vibe. Yeah, if he was doing like a, you know, metal or like punk kind of thing. Ooh, Augustus Lively. Maybe he marries Blake Lively after she uh, divorces. <laughs> after in the past, she divorced um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I mean, Augustus Lively actually sounds good. It does sound good. It's like, it's it's pretty good. Uh, what Augustus. about, so how do you, maybe maybe um, Augustus Journey was his kind of like first name when he was like uh, playing around on, um, on I don't know, MySpace. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then Augustus Lively is his kind of like more mature name. Yeah, I see it. So you want to go with Augustus Lively for this guy? Yeah. All right. Augustus Lively is our boy, and I can't spell anything. Augustus Lively. Okay. So now, so last time we did this, we did a seven-song IP. Should we... IP? (laughs) (laughs) We did a seven-song IP address. Um there are let me tell you so okay well i should also say um i ran the, the list of song titles that i ran through um text gen rnn for these songs was um all tracks from uh albums from the format which was nate's band before fun um fun nate's solo album and bleachers um so it was a pretty good data set that that turned out some serious winners. So since we have both Blake Journey and Blake Lively Ooh, here, I think okay. a good way to do this might be pick a couple of albums uh, for both, kind of like the pre, okay, yeah, yeah, pre-fame yeah. and then once he got famous, and then just figure out a couple, like, a couple of the major songs from each album and kind of figure out what the album was. That sounds like a really good idea. 
Um, so I, there was, um, I was writing these in a, I was coming up with these when I was in a, um, classroom where I was subbing, but there was another teacher in the room. So I had to do literally nothing. And, um, I was nearly in, I was in tears because I like couldn't handle not busting out laughing at some of, some of these. The one that got me so good for some reason is walking the dark romantic and then parentheses all caps raw <laughs> <laughs> the, the first one that caught my eye was actually i miss mickey mantle raw <laughs> so i mickey mantle shows up in this a lot because uh bleach jack on. wrote us so, a whole album about mickey mantle <laughs> like it almost seems like it the newest bleachers album has a song called like i want to be mickey mantle or some bullshit like that mm. or like i love mickey mantle i miss him i don't even know what it's called but i think there's god. actually two on it like i think there's actually a reprise <laughs> god both these men are so talented on their own yeah <laughs> can't stand either of them on their own but in combination yeah. it's perfect I actually think that an actual Jack Antonoff song might have been I Am a Mickey Mantle Roos. <laughs> <laughs> Are we starting with songs or starting with albums? I thought we would pick like an album and figure out. Oh, you want to come up out. with two album titles first. Oh, okay. That, that's probably a good idea. So so the album list comes from, I just threw together a, a, like 200 or so album titles of popular albums from the world. There's some interesting ones on here. A couple of them I also took from the list that we originally chose from last week, but, or not, la you know, last time, but mo most of them are new. Yeah, I'm seeing two that are, like, standing out to me as, like, a first album, like, released online sort of thing. Okay, what are you thinking? So, The Bright Story just looks like an album that, like, a, a kid in this situation would try to write. For sure, but for sure. the boy blood in the home is like <laughs> oh. that. That works with his story. Oh, that that's dark too. Um, I mean, I'm assuming the blood is metaphorical. I yeah. don't think Deacon Calhoun ever even like would have. He was probably he never wasn't even around home. enough to hit his yeah, kids. Exactly. That is really really good. Um, honestly, that might be it. All right, yeah. So the first album released on MySpace and then later re-released on Batcamp. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he wants to. Oh man, on Bandcamp even uh, <laughs> released exclusively on Batcamp. The boy blood in the home. Um. All right, that makes a lot of sense. So um, I think this was like you know SoundCloud kind of album where it's like yeah, yeah, there's only like five songs on it. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, and, and of these, like, really big uh, Augustus Journey fans, well, now Augustus Lively fans, yeah. look back and say, like, well, there was actually, like, a good song on it, and we need to yeah. figure out what song that was. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... <laughs> so, I'm, I'm thinking this was when he was, like, an edgy, edgy kind of teen. Mm hmm So, also, is this before Cool Guy Jeff? Yeah, I guess this is before he met Cool Guy Jeff and before he realized he had to be, like, purely about uh, commercial pop music. This yeah, is when he yeah. still liked Wilco and, like, yeah. musical theater. Yeah, so uh, one that sticks out to me that sounds like a song by a young man trying to, you know, write about what he knows, and that is Dog 3. And that's like three, the Roman numeral, which also the Roman numeral thing kind of like fits mm, his Augustus, Augustus vibe. Roman. Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like he, he's just writing about the third dog that he ever had in his life. And, yeah, wait, uh, I think this album had five songs and the first three were dog one, dog two, and dog three. <laughs> <laughs> and then dog PC, parentheses, ram. <laughs> I really like that one too. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is just a dog album. You know, everybody's got one. But I also don't think Dog 3 was probably like a big old hit. So this might have been on that album, but not necessarily like the one that people know. I don't know. I feel like it's like... I think so? So like this was like, we said it's mid, like early mid 2000s. This would have been when like Arcade Fire was like mm. uh, really popping off. So they had like uh, Suburb 1, Suburb 2, Suburb 3. Okay. Okay, or, okay. Is that that? I think so. I don't know. 
they had something <laughs> like that where it was like the first four songs on like their first album were like blank one, blank two, blank three. Okay, but actually, there, there's one that I just noticed that's right under Dog Three in the list that I think might be a song to hit to and about his dad, and that's "Don't Take Your Career On." Hmm, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I. I thought that was maybe a later career work. Okay, okay, it's possible. Maybe yeah. not, though. He probably wouldn't. The word career doesn't play in the pop music scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. Um, but I, I, that was probably just, you know, a song pleading to his dad to spend some time with him and, and just, you know, give him a shot for once. Arcade Fire fans, uh, don't, don't write me angry letters. The first four songs on Funeral, their first album, are Neighborhood 1, Neighborhood 2, Neighborhood 3, oh, okay. and Neighborhood 4. Okay. <laughs> 2004 album, and he was into Wilco. He listened to this. He he definitely would have written a so- an album that starts Dog 1, Dog 2, Dog 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dog yeah. Dog yeah. PC. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we, yeah, we've actually, we've, we've got this whole album on lock pretty much. Any others? Uh, I think, I mean, we don't need to get too into the Augustus Journey first yeah, album. Yeah, true. I think we can do, you know, his, fi- his, his second album as Augustus Journey. Maybe this is what got him discovered by, uh, okay. by Cool, cool Guy, Guy Jeff. Jeff. Mm, you know what, I... I think I see the album that might be his second album and it's kind of okay. playing off the idea that he's like he's a big like indie music kind of snob and like I like this guy being really into what other people are making so I think mm. he was listening to a lot of Radiohead was really influenced by the album In Rainbows in the okay. early 2000s <laughs> thinking, and made yeah. Single Rainbow. I was thinking about this one as well for sure for sure Single Rainbows is really good um because it, yeah, it kind of, uh, <laughs> it also, I, I, he probably would have been um, making this album at the time around the, um, when that really, you know, v- the viral video of the double rainbow guy came out. Yeah, I mean, so he yeah, that checks that out time-wise. Well. Let me see, uh, year-wise, I think these are all just perfect. So In Rainbows was 20, 2007. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The double rainbow. Double guy was rainbow like seems to have been some other time, maybe 2010. Whatever. Single rainbows. This is like all the way across the sky. Yes, exactly. So this is like highly influenced by internet culture, but also by yeah. like you know hipstery kind of artsy mid to like 2000s music. Yeah, it makes and a this lot of is sense. what like cool guy Jeff heard that made him say, "Ooh." I could make a lot of money on this kid if I yeah. can convince him to just do pop music. Yeah, he needs an edge, and I can give him that edge. <laughs> yeah. So we need to figure out what songs he was putting on Single Rainbows that yeah. kind of helped Cool Guy Jeff see see a star lurking there. Yeah. Um, so... Maybe this is where he had Don't Take Your Career On. Okay, that might be true. But I'll, I also am kind of thinking of, like, like I feel like Don't Take Your Career On probably isn't that great of a song. I feel like it's yeah. probably almost a little whiny. It's just, like, him with a guitar and just, like, you know, it's probably, it could use some polishing and probably wouldn't have caught Cool Guy Ge- cool guy Geff. Cool Guy Guess. <laughs> yeah, cool I think that Jeff's wasn't eye. the good one. No, what I think was the good one on here that's standing out what? to me big time right now. A Roman's Good Morning. Ooh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's yes. like the intro track to this album. Yes, and like for it just sure. popped like it's the whole like album. It's like the Sun Nights intro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you have never heard the Sun Nights intro, oh, treat yourself. You're probably thinking, I heard Sun Nights a million times. It was on the radio. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no. no, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> this treat this song was not on any radio. <laughs> Ever. And it will never be. Yeah, go check that out. It's weird. They thought they were queen or something. Or something. Uh, a Roman's Good Morning, though. This is. I like... loved that movie this Oscar season, Queen or something. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A Roman's Good Morning is definitely the one. Yeah, this just, it, it captured, anyone who listened to it kind of knew, like, and I think it was kind of known, like, in the music industry, like, yeah, this is Deacon Calhoun's son. But, like, listen, he's actually yeah. doing something pretty cool, and, like, it's different than his dad's stuff. Yeah. 
I am now starting to, I, this is not a good metaphor at all, but I'm imagining Deacon Calhoun as Billy Ray Cyrus and uh, Augustus <laughs> as Miley Cyrus, but like, he's definitely not Miley Cyrus, but it's a similar kind of like Do you think dad. Augustus journey is like a, a Hannah Montana situation <laughs> where he's got a secret double life? <laughs> oh man, imagine the TV show about this guy. It would, I don't think it yeah. would fit on Disney Channel but he's got the worst of both worlds. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, a Roman's Good Morning is probably like a pretty, it's it's probably pretty musically there, you know? Like it's clear, like this is where he exemplified that like he understands music and especially in like in a way that his dad just doesn't. Yeah, um, exactly. Like that was his dad's whole thing that like his dad did not understand music like anything really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just pa <laughs> uh, like painfully stubbornly didn't understand anything, especially yeah. his career which was music. <laughs> yeah. Um I do yeah. think uh this album though, it is still part of the Augustus journey uh True. kind of character the mm -hmm. pre you know he's still like a teen still doesn't know exactly what he's writing music about and i think he couldn't resist going back to the well and i think the other kind of actually good song on this album is spot which was the name of his dog <laughs> which dog it was dog two right i think yeah i yeah. think so dog three was smart <laughs> <laughs> named it was his sister or named after her no no we'll his sister know. was named after this dog <laughs> um yeah no that checks out honestly <laughs> um yeah spot in all caps and i think uh yeah that that definitely yeah he just can't stop writing about it. so i feel like he probably looked back on dog one through three and was like those were childish i i admit like i could have done better and so he kind of like reinvented the you know the dog song um yeah i think spot in all caps like s-p-o-t was kind of like it goes beyond the meaning of just the dog itself and like that yes, stood yeah. for something yeah which was um yeah. son like s-o-n yeah, yeah. Uh, philosopher, optometrist, thinker. Therapist. It's the four things he thought he was. <laughs> he did think he was an optometrist. That was a weird phase, yeah. A lot of teens go through that sort of thing. I know I did, yeah. Your optometrist phase, yeah. I hope there's no pictures for mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what sucks about growing up in the Facebook era. Everybody's optometrist phase pictures are just out there for everybody to find. Yeah, and then, I mean, you can always go back and make fun of Deacon's. I mean, oh my God, I just called him by his father's name. Oof, you can always go back you. and make fun of Augustus's optometrist era by saying, uh, which one looks more clear? Dog one, dog two. Dog one, <laughs> dog two. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm optometrist material is my specialty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I've known you a while. You think I don't know that about you? <laughs> yeah, so I think hearing Spot, like hearing that this kid can like go back and like now he's like 19, but he's like reinventing music that he wrote when he was like yeah. 15. Yeah, And I think yeah, that yeah. like actually impressed uh, cool guy Jeff. Like, yeah, of course, A Roman's sure. Good Morning impressed everyone. Like that was the that was like the star track. Like people still right. listen to that now. But SPOT was like what cool guy Jeff saw and thought, okay, this is a real musician that I could strip away the creativity from and make into a, a pure money machine. For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, so now now cool guy Jeff's discovered him and they're, yes, yeah. they need to write a, a pop album here. Cool guy Jeff wants to make a star out of everyone's yeah. kind of beloved up and coming uh, songwriter. Yeah. So, um, some that I'm thinking about is Black Fries is really, is, is pretty good. It's, mm. it's that, it's might be that, it, it might be almost a little too edgy for Cool Guy Jeff, but it I think that might be like when they reinvent, uh, Augustus Lively. Like, I think they start with something more like, like you that know, hasn't even happened yet. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Friday. Yeah. This so this is that's like the uh, Taylor Swift "Look What You Made Me Do" thing. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're but right. first he has to be like boy next door. Like you have right. to like him first. 
Right. <laughs> I don't think this is it, but I think they, they considered making an album called It's the Dimes, Love, where he was like a British like gentleman. <laughs> yeah. I really like that one, too. Um, one that I, I don't think that this is it, but um, it is just it. I have to recognize that it came out of the uh, out of Texan RNN. St- Stanky Stadium. <laughs> That's in. Wait, no. Stanky Stadium has all the Mickey Mantle songs on it. Mickey <laughs> yeah. Mantle was famously a career Yankee. This is some. Wait, that actually is crazy. I did not know that. This is somebody else's uh, album. This is not by Augustus Lively. Yeah, there's but... an album called Stanky Stadium with such songs as I am a Mickey Mantle verse. I miss Mickey Mantle raw. Um, um, uh, where was the other mantle content? There here? were so many that I didn't even put. Up. There are like every other song was about Mickey Mantle. I didn't. Put I'm a lot ready of them on to the list. be mantle. I'm ready to be mantle. Yeah, this is yeah. yeah, yeah. This is not an album Augustus <laughs> Lively wrote, but Stanky Stadium, where every song is about Mickey Mantle, is a thing. It's stunning. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Time thread. Time. I was looking at time thread. That sounds like a real. That's a star. That yeah, that might be that might be um the first cool guy Jeff collab. Yeah, I think time thread right. works. I think it's that like makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's because it's talking about like it, this is kind of like it's not the beginning. I, I keep using the Taylor Swift career arc right now, but it's not <laughs> you know the beginning like country music. Right. This is like this is like pop. red. Yeah, this is red. This is like. I'm here, I'm making pop music, like, you know who I used to be, you yeah. don't know who I'm gonna be, yeah. but this is <laughs> yeah. who I am right just now. just you wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, okay. like, yeah, the same way Black Fries is, like, secretly on the horizon. Yeah. But, yeah, no, Time okay. Thread, uh, what is, what's on Time Thread? What's, like, his, okay. his big debut, like, pop song, like, proper pop single? The proper pop single. That's a question. Um, one that I feel like is probably on this album somewhere is all lowercase light it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's probably the that's probably the the like the one with the energy. Like that one is on the radio. Um Oh yeah. Uh that it's it's you know, probably it, 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 I I you know, I'm not gonna go as far as to say it's just like a like a vapid party anthem because it's not like we're, we're we're still talking about our boy augustus here he, he there's there's meaning there's heart in it um but it's probably somewhere close to i feel like it probably has more energy than this but like what i'm thinking about is like the kind of idea and vibe of we are young like it's yeah. about a night out but it like it's like there's there's emotion and talking about tension in your relationships but like here we are, like we're young, we're out here, light it up, just light it. Just yeah, I, I light think it. light it is definitely, yeah, this is one of the star making songs on this album. Yeah. Uh, I think this has, a, it kind of has this whole like, a whole feel of what you're talking about, of like being out on the town and like a night out, but it's, it's a metaphorical thing. It's part of a time thread. So it's all these like, kind of tense but exciting moments like in a in a night mm-hmm. so i think the the very next song on this list stars take my fire <laughs> is like the same it, it's not as high energy as light it at all but this is a right. more introspective like realizing that he's among the stars now that he's made it and it's it's it takes his fire it, it yeah yeah thrills yeah. him but also it takes something out of it yeah and so this one is also one that I think kind of betrays the fact that he is, after all, Deacon Calhoun's son. He, I think he thought he was so. Th- what I when I the reason I this one is interesting to me because it sounds like there's a line in a in a Mumford and Sons song that I think it's "Stars hide your fire," and I think it's actually a Macbeth quote. So hmm. um, I kind of think um, Deacon thought he was quoting Shakespeare here, but. You got it just a little, mm, little bit wrong. There's a catcher in the rye situation where he just has the words a little off. Yeah, yeah. And it's like he just, you know, you can take the deacon out of the sun, but you that's not. <laughs> I'm not yeah, and this kid, yeah, he might be on his third last name now, but we all know he started a Calhoun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that also makes sense a lot. <laughs> I like to imagine in this parallel universe, fun does exist. So he wrote a cover song of Bar Lights called Big Bar Big Lights. Big Bar Lights, yeah. 
Um, and it's, yeah, it's like, it's bar lights, just, just bigger, more, <laughs> bigger sound. I like that. That was, uh, Nate's pitch to, to Jack. <laughs> like, what if on some nights we do big bar lights? And Jack's like, what, what is big bar lights? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, it's just same thing, basically, bar but, lights, but, but, but bigger. bigger. What if for our next album, we do some nights, but bigger, big some <laughs> nights. And Jack was like, I am done with you. <laughs> I'm going to go right with Lord. <laughs> Big some nights. <laughs> Big the Joker. You, it's about my you, grandparents. <laughs> You're talking about the gambler? Uh, yeah, the gambler. <laughs> can you imagine some nights but bigger? <laughs> can you imagine the some nights intro but more? <laughs> more some nights intro? <laughs> no, I like actually I would pay somebody to hear a a more version of the Some Nights intro. I don't think a, a mortal could do it. I think it would have to be like a stage, like a, a theater star to do this. Like not, but like not like I don't even know who could do that. But I want it so bad. Um, all right. <laughs> um, wait, I'm trying to remember who was the who was the rapper name? What was the rapper's name? Uh, Big uh, Hop. Big, Big Hop was that rapper. So I think. Their song um, that featured Big Hop was uh, Warna Warning mm, on this yeah. album, probably. It was the first introduction of Augustus uh, Lively now and Big Hop, um, because that just, you know, it's it's another. That that one probably has an almost kind of like threatening vibe, like a like a don't fuck with me kind of vibe. Um, like, I'm, yeah, I'm I warn- think like I, I think warning. it's. It's the same sort of thing where there's tension, like he's experiencing a warning, maybe he's in danger, or he's like feeling sick or something, but like yeah. feeling vulnerable or feeling in danger is also making him feel dangerous. Yeah, yeah, So it's yeah, like yeah. his, like, his warning is a warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are some on here that I'm honestly like, I, I, we're, we're doing a lot of songs and a lot of albums, but... The fact that we've decided that um, Black Fries is a thing makes me... There's, like, a couple on here that I, like, think were probably on Black Fries that I kind of want to talk about, too. Yeah, let's do Um, it. I mean, Black Fries is kind of... Is this, like, a pun on Black Friday or, like... Or, like... Black Friars, like he's into Shakespeare, you know. Oh, maybe this is this is where he did just a song called "It's the Dimes Love." he moved to london um but like not in like he didn't move to like hip london he moved to like trashy london and like thinks he's now part of the working class Um, yeah he's he's talking a lot of like cockney slang but like he's just making (laughs) shit up this is where like his career starting to careen into some deacon calhoun territory true because one that i kind of think might be so he he also he has a history of being derivative um Mm -hmm. so i think he wrote ss light wife and tried to make it like this long just droning dirge that kind of is trying to be the uh what is it the the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald by gordon lightfoot it's yeah. just like this old like you know ship want man's there's got to be a word for this kind of song but it's not coming out of my mouth i just keep wanting to say shanty like, sh- shanty i don't you know a shanty a ship man's tune as i was going to say <laughs> yeah ship tune <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, and that one is just like it's honestly ten hours of ship tune beats to study slash chill to <laughs> lo-fi ship tunes. I hate that like this started out as like not a loose episode, and it's like the loosest we've had ever. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm having fun, so everybody can suck our dicks. <laughs> we gotta wrap this up. Yep. Are, but before we do, are there any that you think might have been on Black Fries? Yeah, so I think, again, he's derivative. So I think uh, Warned Matt is kind of like he wanted to do another <laughs> warning song. But now it's yeah. just like talking about one g- and like warned the dog on Pretty Girls. And like yeah. now it's just becoming a mess. Like his music's falling apart. He's just trying to copy like all his old kind of yeah. gimmicks here. He doesn't know how to do anything new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the very last song is Reprise, and that's just a repeat of every song he's done on the other three albums. <laughs> it's like it's like a DJ earworm mashup of everything he's ever made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Oh, wild. Um, yeah, this guy, we've, we've more than just, you know, like come up with an album for this guy. We've, we've got a career and we see where he's going. Like We've even like, got like a grinder profile line, least bent top. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> this is loose. Um, but um, yeah, we've got like a whole career arc for this guy. We, we've not just come up with one album. We know four albums at least that he has made. And uh, I feel like very like, last Fries... song actually after reprise. Sorry to keep interrupting this okay. closing. Uh, <laughs> at, like he, people are still like saying, uh, why doesn't he just make another song like light it? Like he just needs to make mm. another song like that to revive his career. Yeah. And finally, he just has a song. It's a single. It's not even on an album. It's after Black Fries when people are saying all this. He just has a song called I Made my fire <laughs> it's really good oh and okay also one that i really wanted to get in here he mentioned something he, he's into the sopranos we know that and so i think he wrote mm-hmm. a song from the point of view of tony soprano which i don't th- <laughs> i don't know if that checks out but it's i made men <laughs> oh really good um that also <laughs> like it, it, it's a it it has multiple meanings. Like on the one yeah. hand, it's a soprano song, I Made Men. But then on the other yeah. hand, it plays into like the Lee Spent top where he's yeah. like, I, I made men. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta stop. Um, I, I want to bend kind of goes into Lee Spent top. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but, but yeah, this is, wow. This guy's got. What a career he and and um, the thing that's interesting is Black Fries. I genuinely don't even think it's been made yet. Like I think Black Fries it doesn't come out until like twenty twenty one. Like yeah, the the career going off the handle. Like we know it's gonna happen because again, yeah. he is a Calhoun. But yeah. yeah, no, this is just us kind of like interpreting where this arc's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was <laughs> that was crazy. Um, Augustus Lively. Good yeah, luck to well, you, man. we we didn't even expect this guy to be part of the Calhoun family, but I'm glad we discovered he is. No, is that making just, a star or just... build a star or whatever? I think is going to become like the build the build a star cinematic universe where like everything's I interconnected. It. I love that so much. All right, well, yeah, we're gonna we we gotta we gotta end this madness. Um, and I will do that by saying that all of this stuff I made you we 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 uh, we 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 I made <laughs> using a variety of different. Um, different tools and stuff being those being Botnik keyboards, TextGen RNN. We used random lists for um, the names uh, and um, all of those tools are just, you know, our favorite arsenal of stuff to use and you should check them out. And if you ever want to make stuff uh, like this on your own, they're incredibly easy to use and you should check them all out. Um, And uh, this podcast you can contact us if you want. <laughs> and, um, we you can do that at uh, we are at Robot Typewriter on Twitter. We are on Facebook, Robots on Typewriter, and you can also email us. I usually say that first. Wow, um, that's robots at batcamp.org. Um, and this podcast lives on a website called Batcamp. And our theme song is Video Challenge by Anamanaguchi. <laughs> you know, a ship tune band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man got ship tuned back in there uh, yeah. i just have one last yeah. quote to end things off here from okay. from our boy augustus interviewed kind of years later about like mm. if he has regrets about his musical style or what uh-huh. his musical style is now he said glamorous piano music is the coolest fucking shit i love it <laughs> that yep he that's what he would Deep say down, yeah he's still got a lot of nate in him Glamorous piano music. Oh man, that is Nate. <laughs> like him a lot. Exactly. Like Mulan. What did you say? I, said, I like him a lot. Uh, I thought you said like Mulan, and I was like, was that a thing in Mulan? She only talked <laughs> if someone said something to her. No. Uh. Anyway, that's Mulan. <laughs> Just like Mulan. <laughs>